Thanks to the Diamond Tanner Podcast Network, this is more Fired Up! Well, we are more fired up, Stephen, but today we are shorthanded because Dennis Carnahan is on the road playing his trade as Rugby League the Musical. And that just makes complete sense because yesterday on the big screen at Wollongong it said, fired up, Dragons. They should be more fired up because <laughs> they certainly are not fired up. I can tell you that much. We- and Dennis has escaped a skating response to me and my own team and the, the you know the absolute indulging in his own sort of glorification. So thank Christ for that. <laughs> I tell you what, we can lend the Dragons that word though more, can't we? More we can. Please, yeah, Uber. <laughs> now, we're here to unpack NRL Round 17 Rugby League, Stephen. So I begin by asking you, where were you when humans first worked on the moon? <laughs> um, and I heard, I read only today, there's always some new facts coming out. And what with the 50th anniversary, they'll keep coming out for the next week or two. Uh, and the myths and the fabrications and the lies, etc. Uh, but I did read that um, Kennedy wanted to put both Russians and Americans together, in, holding hands in space, so to speak, and on the moon. Didn't happen, of course. You know, well, why would the Russians play games when they? The were, Chinese weren't happy about that. They definitely weren't happy about that. Uh, I was. Uh, we were ushered into what was um, three portions of a large sort of science lab, come sort of community hall at, at my school, St Leo's College, Warunga, one of the greatest schools never to be. Uh, and we had the tiny black and white TV in the corner, and we were all told to sit on the floor and watch and wait. And it was around about lunchtime, as I recall. And uh, I do remember the significance of the event very, very strongly, so much so that um, I bought an applique, a cloth applique of the Apollo 11 mission um, symbolic and it's, and it's there on your jacket right now. No, all it, these was on my, it was on my track suit when I was a kid. All oh, right, okay. And I curse, I think, my father, my, my dearly departed father, for throwing it out one day. Today I wished I still had it. And I actually went to the Apollo 11 exhibition at the Powerhouse hoping they might have some memorabilia and I could buy a damn another one. But they didn't obviously have the rights. I remember it. I, I, I clouded as to whether we watched it at school or we were sent home. I, yeah. I, I actually can't quite discern which well, of the Well, you're two. a little younger than I, aren't you? True. Yeah. But, I mean, I was an absolute Apollo mission freak after nice. that. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know that there was anything more disturbing in my childhood than the uh, plight of Apollo 13. I lived every minute of that near disaster. Yeah. And is it, was it Ron Howard, the film that was on yes. TV? Yeah. That's beautifully done. You know what's great about that movie? Because sometimes people say Ronnie Howard can be a little bit safe. He was <sighs> smart enough... Because I read Jim Lovell, who was the commander of Apollo 13. I read his book, Lost Moon. Right. And it has a lot of the straight telemetry, you know, from the recordings of the mission control speaking to the, the, the astronauts and so forth. And they weren't frightened to use that direct dialogue in the movie. They didn't sort of de-jargonize it, if you like, and they were still able to convey the drama. Yeah. I mean, it, it, What a drama. Well, it's, it's, it, it, to me, it's what it's about. It's about problem solving. You know, like when yeah. Brian Eno said... Don't give me a synthesizer with infinite sounds. Just give me one with 12. Yes. That was what Apollo 13 yeah. was. You had a constrained situation and you had to keep solving problems in real time. And that's that's what a scientist and an engineer is really made for. And that whole sort of scene where they have to find a way to reduce the usage of power. And they said, this is what you've got. And they dumped all that stuff on the table yep. where there was gaffer tape and tubes and boxes well, well, and stuff. You know? Well, that was, that was – there were sort of two elements there. They had to conserve battery, so mm-hmm. they had to power down and survive with as least power as possible in order to have enough power to re-enter. To re-enter yep. That's why they were freezing. Yeah. Uh, but the thing you're referring to was that the scrubbers – that were designed to consume a certain amount of carbon monoxide. That's right. Or dioxide. And uh, they're living in an environment now where, you know, the scrubbers, which were only for the landing on the moon bit in the yes. module, so they had to actually literally get square pegs in around holes to 
get the CO2 down, otherwise it would have asphyxiated. Yes, yes. And that was absolutely just what's in there. Yeah. You know, as you said, gaffer tape, tubing. It's all you've got. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's glorious. It's absolutely great story. So, yes, um, look, I, I'm, a, I'm a, what would you call it, an apollo file, a moonophile. You know, 1969 was a big, a big year, big moment. I'm going to see Apollo 11, the new documentary this That looks great Thursday. too. Yeah, yeah, and my friend Rita and a guy called David are actually at the 50th celebration dinner over in the United States. They're wow. that keen. You'll get some personal reports there. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin speaking, of course. Uh, do you like going to the movies? I love going to the movies. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I went to see Mystify, the Michael Hutchins, uh, Richard Lonstein doco the other day. And how was it? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly thought it was respectful. You know, it was all about uh, he was uh, aiming to sort of like tell the, 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 the not the best possible story, but uh, as close to the truth with a lot of love, you know. And uh, had for the first time ever, because he was trusted, um, Tiger Lily was the one that pushed the band and the management to make sure the music rights were allowed. Yep. Uh, of course, allowed Kylie Minogue, Helena Christensen, and uh, Michelle Bennett, who has never spoken ever about any of these things. And so I think it's as close to the best truth you'll ever get. Michelle Bennett was the producer of Chopper, the movie. Exactly, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And, uh, you know, your worlds would have collided, you and Hutchins, I assume. Many times, many yeah. times. And uh, unbeknownst to all of us, because I don't think any of us who knew him, particularly I knew him right from the 80s, but uh, and DJed for NXS a couple of times, uh, their warm-up gig for the... Uh, the Victor Chang thing at uh, oh, yeah. Centennial Park yep. they did a night before at the Paddington RSL many but yeah we crossed paths many times and um, I didn't notice any change of behaviour but this film stressed that once he had the head injury from being punched by a taxi driver in Copenhagen that he did but when I used to see him it was not at his worst it was when he was clubbing partying socialising etc you know so yeah there you go Was there a competitive thing between you and Michael as lead singers? Uh can I tell you a, a real story? <laughs> <laughs> I've never never said this before. Competitive, uh, as you do with Michael Hutchins. You know, I finished working one of my, my nights uh, somewhere, and he said, "Come back to my place." You know, and his place was the Park Hyde, of course, looking at the, <laughs> at the, at the Opera House. And you said, no, "Come back to my place." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was there with a couple of mates, and uh, as a I assume a joke. Um, he has a, 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 you know, a room where you store your clothes before you go to the bar. He says, hey, let's see who's got the biggest you-know-what. Let's all pull, pull him out and lay him on the bench. <laughs> is, is this, and I said, is this... and he did. And I said, I don't think so, but I'm not going to go down that path. <laughs> You're talking about catalogue of songs? Is that what <laughs> Yes, exactly. How many songs have you written? How long are they? <laughs> uh, but, and the mate I was with, we both laugh about it to this day, that we, we, we didn't indulge ourselves. Not because. We just didn't want to embarrass him, really. You know? No, that's right. No, no. That's that's right. I mean, because you know, he, he, there's a reputation to, to upkeep here. Yeah, when you're a global rock star like that, your ego's fragile enough to begin oh, yeah, with. You yeah, don't yeah. want to sort of do anything yeah. else. Uh, in, in a slightly serious moment, I mean, yeah. the reference to the head injury that he suffered yeah. uh, in Copenhagen with an angry That's a taxi driver. Very important part of the film because they, Lowenstein, the director, said once you've seen the forensic um, autopsy and and gone backwards to re- to find out what happened, courtesy of first-hand account, was that. He got punched, um, like a king hit, hit the footpath, um, unconscious, blood coming out of his various orifices, you know, and he was rushed to hospital, of course, and then woke up the next day after they'd done some x-rays and then said, I'm not staying, I'm going, and then didn't get the full, should have stayed in hospital for a month or so to repair or have the damage possibly repaired, which never did repair, and the final x-rays showed huge amounts of brain damage, huge. I mean, like we're talking about, we know about his loss of smell and taste, but uh, it was a simple fact that with... You know, no sleep for a couple of days. You know, there was um, the anti-anxieties, cocaine, uh, God knows whatever else, alcohol in his system. Um, suicidal. Yeah, you and know? I mean, I don't want to be glib, but of course, uh, the revelations over the weekend that Stephen Folks uh, yeah. displayed signs of CTE 
is continuing that discussion in our sport, isn't it, yeah. about the effect of trauma, head injury, and concussion? Can I just say, Chris, on, in a, on, a, on a larger, without being callous, on a philosophical sort of bent, um, something's going to kill you. As we go through life, I can I could probably name you a number of items on my body that aren't functioning as well as they could. And I've got sore knees from skiing. You know, you, you're gonna you're gonna like an old tree. You're gonna have some broken bark and and bits are falling off. You know what I mean? It's sort of part and parcel of the you know the the, the rise, the peak, and then the fall. You know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what do you do? How do you protect human beings from you know falling apart? Entropy. You can't. Yeah, I mean, it's Fact. not like it's not like the the body is like an upmarket BMW. It's more like a Datsun one twenty one. I just keep it? replacing all the parts all the yeah. time, and and, <laughs> and eventually, um, you know, we. Collision sports, you know, it's like that's what we're paying for. That's what you're signing on for. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a debate that continues. I yeah. always refer to the Steve Maskell doomsday clock that had <laughs> had rugby league with 150 years to go uh, five years ago, and now yeah. it's you know it's six years and change, I think. Yeah. yeah so we yeah. better keep talking rugby Quick. league while we can. Quick, yeah. And, and finally, in opening, Stephen, a uh, huge, huge night in sport last night. Mm. Federer and Djokovic go to the first ever, I believe, Tiebreaker of the fifth set, longest ever Wimbledon final. Djokovic prevails. England wins the Cricket World Cup in a super over against New Zealand on a boundary countback. What about Tour de France? (laughs) What about their Formula One? How much of it did you enjoy last night? (laughs) Well, I was actually doing a radio show called Sold Out last night. And uh, uh, post that, um, I went and watched the Dragons and their great performance, which took me until late enough that I just want to get back and read a book. I love reading books, Chris, and I don't find the time to do it enough. So I I didn't watch any of that. Slept with a lot of it. Yeah. We might talk about the big game one more time. Towards... Oh, can I say, Origin is dead. Long live Origin. Well, there you go. Let's talk Origin now. <laughs> We're done. All right. Uh. They opened the M4 East Tunnel on the weekend. Yes. Why couldn't they have opened it on Wednesday night Please. as I was driving I know. from Haverfield to Homebush? And as I heard on the radio this morning, when you're driving up past the Asheville's uh, bowling club and you're just about to hit that peak before it starts, there's a sign that says, uh, left to so-and-so uh, and right to so-and-so, and you're going, shit, what, what yeah, lane? No idea. And, and it's like entrapment. You're just about to go into that tunnel, except they blocked it off, and now they don't. I'm, I'm sure that's the way they're going to get a lot of coin. Confusion. It's, it's another blow for Gladys, really. I mean, she was there sort of getting the ribbon cut by a, a dutiful employee, but she's copying it from everywhere with the inquiry into the drug enforcement laws at festivals. Wouldn't it be nice to have once, just for once... The government pay for something out of taxes, you know. <laughs> it's of tolls. And it's, here you go because they're your taxes at work, and not a toll, you know. Not not private bloody in, investment reaping benefits. Just, just, just once. Just a couple of thoughts on the match because we were both there. Uh, by the way, Buzz Rothfield listed the top ten moments mm-hmm. in uh, uh, ANZ Stadium yes. history. Yes, Teddy Tesco's try comes in at three now. It turns out I was there for eight of ten of them. Uh, I, okay. Uh, State of origin moments. No, no, all, all, all time, all okay. time sporting moments. Okay, yeah. Well, can I give you a couple? Sure. My my number one would be being in on the hill, nineteen sixty five, when Sir George beat South with the biggest crowd ever recorded at the Olympic Stadium. No, because <laughs> he was talking about that at the oh, Olympic just Stadium. Olymp- oh, yeah, well, that's okay. right. But but please continue. Okay, Kathy Freeman. Yes, which Come is on number now. one. Yeah, I was, yeah, there, I was yeah. there for that. Hugging and kissing and crying, and she came running over because her family was sitting about sort of fourteen rows in front of us, and she was draped in the flag. I was like, my God, how good is this moment? It doesn't get any better, does it? You know, Ray Warren copped a bit of criticism for his slightly detached call of Tedesco's winning try yes, last yes, Wednesday, yes, yes. and I. It, I'll give it to Ray in the sense that I'll apologise for him that I believe, like Queensland, he thought we were going to extra time yeah. and he sort of switched off slightly. Yeah. Uh, in the same way, Bruce McAvaney got uh, a fair for not being sufficiently 
displaying the right sense of occasion and gravitas when Cathy won. I actually think it's a good call, primarily because on the back straight, which was where I was sitting, he simply said, Freeman has work to do here. And that characterised where she was and yeah. what, where she needed to I, be. Because all I could see was, you're right, I was sort of at the, what would be considered, I guess, not the 50 metre, maybe the 40 metre line and she was coming around the corner. And all I could see was a front on shot, like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then that moment when she moved past. So we must have been nearby. Yeah, and it is my greatest night of sport ever. And that seems strange because it should be 2005, Tigers over Cowboys. Yes. But not only Freeman, you had Gregory Ava getting the silver in the pole vault. Ja- ja- and, and Savile. Yeah, uh, well, she wasn't there that day. <laughs> no, but that scene there yeah. that, that Freddie recreated the other day. Yeah, yeah well, that's right, in the tunnel. But <laughs> yeah. in the one night, of course, you had Michael, you had Michael Johnson as well. I think it was Zabo in the 5,000 metres. And then Johnson, the, right. the, the great uh, Gerber Celesi took on the Kenyans yeah. in the 10,000, which was the closing event of that night, mm. to a less than half full stadium because people were sated by the Freeman success and had left. And it was one of those amazing moments. Gabriel Celesi had a, a very famous finishing kick. Yeah. And again, so it's a waiting game in the 10,000. And again, they're about 300 metres from home. And <laughs> Celesi looks right sort of thing. And the Kenyans are on the left, just surge and off they go. And he had to chase them and he chased them down on the line. It was amazing. Magic stuff. Really Who are you with, stuff. Chris? Uh, look, I had that was, that's an interesting question. There were, there were three friends who got the ticket each. Yeah. And then one of those friends uh, went a little different and we lost him. Oh. So I tended to be – and then the other guy, he also got into a relationship that wasn't that great. <laughs> so I tended to be with his family. Oh. <laughs> it was strange. So you made some new friends. Yes, very much so. Uh, it's one of my we're, all, we're all Australians, Stephen, and we weren't quiet that day. Hello, ScoMo. No, it was one of my best memories because I was with my dad, and my dad was a hop, step, and jumper. He saw a triple jump at school, and he held the record. Uh, for, he had a state record as well and a long jump as well. So he loved his athletics, you know, and it was to just – Glorious night, glorious day night. Other other events at the stadium? Well, I think obviously to me is is the Jonathan Thurston North you know North Queensland win definitely in the top ten. That that was the emotionally the the, the greatest high I think in rugby league that I've probably felt. The twenty ten I was in my you know in my own little state sobbing at the, at well, the win. But well, one was Freeman, two was the conversion of the penalty attempt Aloisi to send Australia back to their second ever football World Cup, and I wasn't there. Simply because I was playing basketball and my sense of loyalty to team <laughs> overcame my sense of loyalty to country. And then Teddy Tedesco, third. A couple of sliding doors moments. Can you imagine? I thought that the game was on the line when uh, Murray broke through and just had to kick inside to Tedesco, maybe yes. Travojevic on the outside. Yeah. And Cameron must have got the arm out. And from that point on, Queensland came surging back. Yeah. Had Queensland got on to win, mm. what, was Mitchell, what was the rest of Mitchell Pierce's life like? Uh, I think it's uh, back to caring for for lost puppies, really. You know, <laughs> he's got to find his solace somewhere, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> and you know, thank Christ for that. You say right. So many questions being asked. Maloney, I should have taken a field goal attempt. Why yeah, did I yeah, try yeah, that yeah, kick yeah. on Ethan Lowe? Yeah, Daily Cherry Evans, because Moses perhaps was arguing to milk the penalty to get the two points for the win. Really slow play the ball, and DCA decided to kick in the. But corner. I think Maloney was just a little lazy that night. Yeah. He just was a little off his game, wasn't he? Well, you know, he's a winner. Yeah, well, he, is a he still is. He still is a winner, yeah. And he can play winners when yeah. you're done. He can crack a joke and he wins. Is there anything better? The good news, 
for me is the sledge. I was observing the verbal war with Maguire and Ferguson as the they good news the tunnel. That it wasn't racist. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> it is, it's impugned, you can all move forward now. It's impugned his family in many ways, yeah. but at least it wasn't racist. Yeah. We can. And Mal so Meninga, what was he saying about his, the family then? Well, they won't they won't reveal it. But no. Mal Meninga says there's room for both the human grub Josh Maguire and Ferguson and, in my team. Right, great. Why? Because we're an inclusive grub. sport. <laughs> hey, um, have we have we got a photo of Ferguson's family? Is there any sort of standout? <laughs> Characteristics, maybe are they skinny? Do they have wild haircuts? I don't know. I, I, Do they I, wear funny clothes? I just said, Chris. I, I, I simply just thought that Maguire said, uh, "What does he know, mate? You used to play with the Roosters. Now you're with the Eels. What were you thinking?" Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this well, success on the weekend. I, I we would never make fun of physical difference and affliction on this show, Stephen. But Josh Maguire has this sort of sort of one side squint he kind of does which reminds me of Popeye in a weird sort of way. Oh, yes, yes. So, you know. Forearms I, like Popeye too. Yeah, I, that's might, might be a tell mm. that being the human grub is starting that's to wear on him. Slippy path you're going now, Chris. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just simply yeah. saying I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, though we have been known to sort of have fun with people's physical characteristics if they're playing a physical sport. I think there's nothing know. wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And, and finally, unless you've got anything to add on origin. In fact, well, I've got one question for you. But- I, I did a recreation of the repair job that the Roosters and sometimes the New South Wales team does by going out to Coogee Beach uh, last week and going for a swim just to see how it felt. And? Uh, it's it, it's numbing. <laughs> your legs go bright red before you've even thrown your body in. But you did it for your knees, right? Yeah, I did it for my knees. That's yeah. right, because I went uh, skiing and bugging my knees up. But uh, it's an exhilarating thing. But gee whiz, it, it's, uh, it's, it's hard. Are you surprised about the somewhat ambivalence about Freddie's success that, you know, there are a lot of articles written that a lot of coaches say he's not a fair income coach yet. Mm. He's only the second New South Wales coach to win more than one series after the great man Gus Gould. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you're a Freddie booster. Well, if or... I was going to take uh, not a fair income coach like Freddie, you know, Captain Fantastic, Captain, you know, Space Cowboy, yeah. or Ricky Stewart, I know who I'd pick. Yeah, well, we're going to come to Ricky. <laughs> and look, I just do want to ask you about the music because – I would be someone who would say I go to most game days and like the uh, music is completely unremarkable. Yeah. And uh, Exhibit A, I was at the Tigers yesterday, couldn't tell you a who track. Who does the music for that? No idea. Oh, yeah. um, could be a computer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, your music is distinctive and generates so much discussion. So am I right in saying your first sting was the Earth, Wind and Fire? Uh, well, I did when play, I went to the scrum, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, in, in the, the book, in the stone, in the stone, in the stone. It's, it's, it sounds like a Channel Seven anthem from nineteen seventy nine, doesn't it? So <laughs> here's the feedback: he played something from an American sports uh, cast, and I said, yes. yeah, that would have been the theme music for that. Someone said, oh, he played something from a musical, yeah. and these are people are amazed by this, yeah. and and I go, but can I be fair, Dinkum Chris, and say that uh, when I first started uh, five years ago now, uh, the job it was just for the finals, and when you're doing a first week final, you can actually have a bit of fun, because the seriousness of, of yes, it's serious, you know, win or lose, etc., sometimes you get a second chance, uh, and, and thus, you know, uh, the baby elephant walk, you know, yeah. <laughs> for Sam Cassiano, <laughs> uh, which I think surprised a few people, but it was really a nod to the Simpsons, yeah. you know, uh, you can joke around a little bit, but when you get to, uh, I think, state of origin, it's a serious game, it's a, it's it, it is more rock. It's more Triple M. It's yes. more anthemic. It's more stadium. It's more. So I do play a little bit safer. Yes. But within that context, you've got to have color. It's about filling a gap that's not a celebration, and that's the weirdest thing. When when people and I don't do it, but uh, one of your mates does the cricket. Yes. Uh, you, everything's a Hello, celebration. Rose. It's a hit or a catch. Yes. Um, and that's a great thing to celebrate. In rugby league, it's a gap. Yes. It's it, you're just filling in stuff unless it's a try, in which case it's just a blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. So it's an interesting. You can't and and for the first time ever, 
I noticed that the sound system, which has been revamped the last two years, is so loud at ANZ, so loud that after all the fireworks, the pyro, the lasers, the dancing, the Craig, uh, the um, uh, Guy Sebastians, the choir boys, the anthems, <sighs> have I finished yet? Mm. It's nearly overwhelming. Mm. It's so much hype. It's mm. so much stimulation. By the time the players are around, they look small. Mm. So I actually sort of pull back a little bit and just let it ride for a while. But, of course, if they don't make any mistakes, you've got nothing to do. <laughs> Which is, you know, a good thing. I mean, Queensland completed 100%, so, uh, you know. There was a period where I didn't do much. <laughs> you just pocket the cash. Yeah. Did you trigger Enter Sandman? No, that, that's, that's something I have played before, but then that was chosen yes. by the Blues as their end yeah. song. Yeah. They, they, they don't really have an official finished song, though uh, Imagine Dragons, whatever it takes, is a, a request from Freddie, so that was played. The, the Queenslanders have nothing. They didn't have any suggestions whatsoever. But did you hit play for Enter Sandman? No. No, no that's, that's, what, that's what I was explaining to people. That was all pre-set up. Yeah, the, the, the showtime, because now that Origin is matching the grand final, they have an official showtime segment, which then gets Simpty Code, for those that may know the technical stuff, so that the fireworks, the lights, everything is, is yes. in sync with Simpty Code. Yes. So the music is the bed. Uh, it's like with all those big events. The music is the bed, and everything works on top of that. I've made this remark before. I was completely thrown because we're all watching the vision as they're coming through the tunnel, and I was diagonally opposite where they came in, yeah. and there was a banner obscuring that entrance. Yeah. So of course, AFL my, style. Yeah, it's my eye was exactly my eye was trained on the traditional players' entrance, and then <laughs> they'd had seven of the blues on the field before I actually yeah. oh, caught wind oh, of the fact that uh, there they are. They're over there. Yeah, yeah. It was the right result. Yes, it was the right result. And now we have a full a full round of uh, rugby league games that we're going to talk about, Chris. Let's do it because there's no break for a song, Stephen, unless you want to do something a cappella. End of Sandman? <laughs> <laughs> Live in Moscow? Excellent. <laughs> uh, so let's enter night yeah. with uh, – and we may not do every game, Stephen. Mm. We're learning as we go along that uh, our analysis is so keen that people just want the really, really good stuff, not the medium stuff. Yes. <laughs> Garth Brennan from the uh, Gold Coast Titans. Who oh, I thought he was part of Sherbet. You asked me, what is the name of <laughs> the, the Titans Gold Coast? Coast? Well, no one knows because no. he's gone. No, no. And he was obviously a scapegoat. Oh, I, I, what, I, what I find disappointing, because I don't know, use that word? Yes. It's the heaviest word I can find. Yes. Is that, uh, you know, from the days of Murdoch, the days of 1999, that the NRL has supported Melbourne as a franchise that is very important to them, but they haven't seen fit to see the Gold Coast as important as Melbourne, and thus they've been languishing for many, many years. I think their numbers are were falling down to 4,000 at one point, weren't they? Yes, yeah. Freddie was alluding to that. Mm-hmm. I think their crowd average this year is about 10. 10, yeah. Which is their worst. Which I think, you know, there you go. You've got, you've, you know, you've got the party capital, the money capital, real estate, beaches, tourism. Why the hell can't they get a good sporting team up there? I think it's demographics. I think it's an older population up there in, uh-huh. in the main, and they're finding it really hard to develop brand loyalty and people who keep dropping off the twig. <laughs> and, I mean, how much discretionary spend on, you know, scarves and And they have Fox and nursing homes. That's right. Yeah. You know, so this is, this is part of the issue. Yeah. Brennan, I thought it was fairly callous how it happened. Obviously, Mel Meninga, who's been brought in as the head of performance and culture, said, we're not doing too flash. I better find someone to blame. Yes. And when Brennan turned up at uh, Mascot on Saturday morning to fly back to the Gold Coast, uh, there was no ticket there for him. So that was a <laughs> that, that was an early tip-off. And his press conference was great. Uh, the the rumour is that uh, not enough discipline, too much leniency with the players. Yeah. So therefore, he was very popular with the players. <laughs> But his, his, what turned out to be, I guess, his departing press conference after the game was a little bit like a job interview. He goes, look, I've got a lot of life skills. I'm in my mid-40s. I'm not yeah. on the scrap heap. I've been a yeah. copper for 18 years. my left profile, my right profile? <laughs> and his quote was, I have, in his role as a copper, I have seen things. Oh, not another ex-copper. Another ex-copper. Hello, Jesus, Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett, Mal Meninga <laughs> and Peter Dutton. I mean, the word, really? <laughs> well, it's the way things are going, Steve. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the head of the tax office, former copper. 
Uh, it's a dangerous Jordan. thing to be. Uh, Brennan said, I've seen things in my lifetime that no one would want to see. And that would be... What's he referring to? Gold Coast Titans training session. <laughs> That's how bad it was. So uh, we wish Garth Great well. Great though. Yep. Kevy Walters has said he doesn't want the job. It's not even a poison chalice. It's not even a chalice, is it? Justin Holbrook from Wigan. Uh, sorry, St. Helens, I think, is in the mix. Oh, uh, okay. And I think we're in the mix. Jeez, I hope Mary McGregor's in the mix. What about South and Manly? Did you catch that one? Oh, I, I did not. And I believe, the pe- all I want to know is the penalty count was 8-2 in favour of South. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, my theory, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rub it in now, is that uh, there, are, there are three teams that are winning this competition. And they are Melbourne, Canberra, third one? South. South. They're, they're, they're defensive. What, what, what is that, that, that moment when you're tackled and then you've got to go and play the ball? What do you officially call that moment? I call that the ruck. The ruck. So from tackle to completion to play the ball, the ruck. That moment is handled differently by those three teams than everybody else. And I think they've, they understand that it all came from the, the Bellamy thinking and then the offshoots of Bellamy's style. And Seabold's probably to blame, for not Bennett, for South Sydney. But it is an ugly thing to watch and it drives me absolutely spare every time I watch those teams play. Uh, regardless of who they're playing with, it's my team or somebody else's team, I just see and I go... Why is it that, that most people I know watch this and go, they're, they're, they're malingering, there's three on, there's another flop, there's another turn, there's another arm around the underside belly, there's an arm on the ball. It just goes on and on and on. It's really friggin' unattractive, and it really does ruin it for me. you know. And I don't think a lot of the other teams have either got that under control or don't care to do it, and yet the other team's winning. And then you come back to this, um, oh, well, blame the referees. And yes, I, I do think the referees, and Des has said this, he thought that South were getting away with it. So he thought, oh, we'll bugger it. We'll do it as well. And so he allowed his place to do it, and they got penalised. Well, it's always the retaliation, isn't it, Stephen? Yep. They always capture the person who retaliates. Now, your theory would be sound if it was able to be packaged in the coaches because I would argue that both Bennett and Bellamy have enormous respect from the referees. But we're also talking about Ricky Stewart here. Now, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't seem to work for me. Can we get to Ricky a little later? Because I've, I've got a fair bit to say about Ricky. <laughs> Brisbane and Warriors, we've, we've skated over uh, Canterbury and Newcastle because A, no one's interested, and B, it, we did see... Oh, that was, that, was, that, was, that was B grade, C grade. That was appalling stuff. That was funny stuff. Including you know? the video referees, uh, the on-field decision was no try. Uh, I think it was uh, Remus Smith's try, I think, mm. and uh, uh, the video ref goes, I wish to confirm the on-field decision, try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was just a joke. We yes. would normally skate over Brisbane versus Warriors, but I caught a bit of this game. It yeah. went to Golden Point. Yeah. Yeah. Golden Point to me a little bit like the Super over in the Cricket World Cup. I'm not a fan, never have been. Is this because the Tigers are four and eleven all time? Possibly. Yeah. But Buzz Rothfield has gone on in print today and said, anyone who criticizes Golden Point, have a look at that. That's ten of the most exciting moments of sport I've ever seen. I <laughs> thought it was rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just devolves to Central Corridor, yeah, yeah. if you're lucky enough to get seven tackles, get yeah. in position, have a Quick, pot have shot. A crack, yeah. It's not rugby league, Stephen. No, it's not. No, golden try, simple. Right. Well, yeah, well, you know, that'd be worth something. Golden try would be great. Um, uh, but, but then you get some, dare I say, sparkling champagne footy. Yes. And then if no one gets one, so be it. It's a draw. It's yeah. a draw. Yeah. And so you're actually going the converse and you'd eliminate the field goal from yeah. the extra time, would you? Oh, absolutely. Wow, that's revolutionary. It's simple, though. Did you notice the uh, Broncos are filling a lot of young players? Yes. I've come up with a trademark nickname for them. Uh, hang on, hang on. Teeny, toddling, um, young. The infant Broncos. The infant Broncos. <laughs> Shocked me. 
I stayed home on Saturday night, Stephen, for one reason. Uh, I wasn't feeling that well. No, um, was because it was Cameron Smith's 400th game. I mean, how moved were you by the achievement of the great man? Well, uh, look, I've, I've got an article here that uh, was uh, sent to me in relation to this. They're now calling him Goat. Yes. Now, I was thinking, Goat, why are they calling him Goat? And then it, it came about that uh, Elifus Levi, undoubtedly influenced by earlier associations of goats with witchcraft, propounded the idea of a goat <laughs> Headed deity, which he identified with the Baphomet, purposely worshipped by the Templars. Now, this goes back in history that many great conquering forces worshipped the goat, not the sheep. The sheep was seen as a sacrificial lamb. Yes. The goat was seen as a as a, a product of the devil. Horny, 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 and sort of gnarly and sort of sulphur ridden. You know, so I thought it makes total sense. He is a goat. <laughs> he is a goat. Forget the octopus sure. analogy. Forget we've got. The I know he is a goat. <laughs> it makes sense. I couldn't quite understand what he was, but yeah, there you go. He is. Um, he's not very good at anything, though, is he? No, he's just average. No, he's very good at putting on events. The events are great. And I believe Cooper Cronk didn't get an invitation. Well, we reflected on our other show, uh, New Fire Up on FBI Radio 94.5 FM, 9.20 AM every Friday morning during the season. Less less of everything. Correct. That uh, he wasn't to be seen at Origin because he was getting ready for his uh, little private soiree in Melbourne on Thursday night. Everybody did their bit for their state, didn't they? Except for him. Except for him. But hang on a second. He plays for Melbourne. He lives in Queensland, mm. not loved by the Queenslanders. No, or Danny Wadler. Or Australians. Yep. Or anybody, yep. for that matter. Booed by his own people at his own, own testimonial. People. Exactly. But this dinner had all the I knobs. I think his daughter boos him. <laughs> Haven't you seen that? Did you, did you see it? Because, you know, the kids are currently the ball kids. That When he gets to uh, take the conversion attempts, it's the Smith children. Yeah, and I saw his daughters go, Dad, you're not that good. Like, I just, yeah. yeah. And because and, no other kid will touch him. Yeah. You, they won't get near him. Your left to right pass isn't that great. <laughs> So there were all the knobs at the dinner. Yeah. Thurston and Everybody was Slater, who yeah. gave speeches at the game, they had a video tribute from Cooper, which was trying to paper over the craps, yeah. cr- cracks. Cooper not invited to the dinner, not visible, Albert, he was playing that the That is personal. Fire. That is family. It's a, it Widely's revealed it's around family, about treatment of families, and it's Whoa. the same with – this is it. Yeah. It, it. The thing that cuts deepest in rugby yeah. league yeah. – Sledging the family. Look at Maguire and yeah. uh, Ferguson. And, and dare I say that uh, Cooper Cronk's probably had access to the inner layer of goat, and he's probably seen things that other, uh, the rest of us probably don't want to see and shouldn't see. He's seen the true man. Yeah, so, you know, like, he, he is seen as a free radical that could unravel the Smith mythology, and that's why exactly. Smith is anxious I mean, you, about you, it. You wonder what a creature like Smith would, for example, eat. <laughs> You know, what, what would you sacrifice for dinner, you know? Yeah, what, what would be on the menu? I'm horrified to think about it. It's so biblical, it's scary. Well, he planned it so well, there was no way the curried goat would be on the menu. But as we said <laughs> the other day, you know, he was busy getting the floral arrangements right, beautiful embossed place cards, and most importantly... And like Shallow Hal getting the tail tucked in. That's right, that's yeah. right. And a collection bowl. Because it was passed around, and the likes of Greenberg and so forth had to... Yeah. You know, I, I guess you call it giving arms, would yeah. you? So they were, they were given the task of taking around the collection balls? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the other thing that struck me on the day was the uh, little uh, uh, frippery on the uniform. He had golden boots specially made for the occasion, which is so uncam-like, I think. Golden thought. boots, did he? Yeah. But his, his game day jersey, before he started, the, the, the embossed number nine, the gold number nine, was fraying. And so there was the top edge of the nine was dropping down. I took a picture and put it on the Fire Up Facebook page, rectified at half time, fresh jersey. They had backup jerseys. Yes. Uh, he gave an interview after the uh, match, and there was a reference to, you know, big nights out to nightclubs, et cetera. And he goes, I don't go to nightclubs. And that pretty much sums him up, doesn't it? Yes, you can't trust a man like that. Fox went into a document. So, so can I just use the word hubris? Yes, you can. And, and really that's brought down a much bigger man than Cameron Smith in the years gone by. So there's a warning there. There's a warning sign. 
Still so 500 games in, including... <laughs> We're waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> I mean, it is something to reflect on. He first started playing in 2002. I mean, you know, where were we in 2002? Yeah. But, uh, our babies? <laughs> yes, I think so. Now, there was a um, moving documentary uh, tribute to Cam immediately afterwards on Fox League about his 400th game, which I immediately turned off. But uh, Redfern, Pat, if you sort of dive in and you watch the documentary, which I guess we made you do, what, what was your perspective on it? It's not great. <laughs> it's not great? It's, it's not great. No, no, no. Um, um, so we can all agree, Cameron Smith, probably the best player any of us has ever seen. We'll say that. No. No? Keep oh, going. <laughs> anyway, so the thing about Cameron Smith is that he's like pretty good at everything. And every game he plays, he's like pretty good. He's very competent. Yeah, at, at yeah. many things in rugby league. Accomplished. Yes. You, Accomplished think, yes. you think of him as a player like Damien Cook's a better runner. Hell yeah. Danny Badiris is a better tackler. <laughs> Andrew Rob, Johns. Robbie Farris probably a better. Yeah. yeah. So he's just Larry Corowa. Unfortunately, all this doesn't make for very interesting documentary. Like, there's no nothing. No, no the com- highlight reel is no highlights. <laughs> and you and you do get this with commentators who like clutch at straws of like he'll throw a cutout pass and they'll be like. Oh, that's why he's the best player of all time. Which is yeah. he just he just never makes mistakes. Do, do, and did the highlight reels have that moment where then there's three Melbourne players in a tackle, and then he comes in and just goes honk <laughs> like a manta ray? Well, how many have that? How many slow play the balls can you show? Yeah. Now? <laughs> that would be though the ultimate montage, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? What? Just a series of slow mos of Smith because always he's like a drunken sailor, and then once the play continues, he's hopping around as though he's never had a he's teetotal. It's incredible. It's uh, he is a commit. I mean, obviously our friend Brendan Cowell has a theory. He has octopus DNA. Yeah. Um, he, he's definitely chameleonic. So, uh, Redford, Pat, how many bunnies are you giving it out of five? Uh, give it, I'll give it one, but there is the last 40 seconds. It's Kevin Smith is saying, you know, I like, I like being in the dressing sheds with, with my mates. It's my favorite, my favorite time. He, he's got mates. Well, because he's teammates. Teammates, yes, yes. So I don't know. Paid, it, paid yeah. mates, yeah. yeah. The then, team is an important yeah, addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One time, a childhood friend of his, they had to, the people at Suncorp gave him the keys to lock up because he was there with his with his mate. <laughs> so instead of this, of this, you know, directionless documentary, have it like the social network where, you know, it starts with the Mark Zuckerberg, he, the girl doesn't like him, yeah. and then he's a mega billionaire, and at the end, he's all, he wa- all he wanted was the girl to like him. Yeah. So have it, so little Cam Smith, <laughs> played by... Lonely little Cam Smith, played, played, no one playing with him in the playground. Played yeah. by young Sheldon. Yeah. But that's the thing. The the in, like it's totally an inverse existence, you know. No matter how much gold, how much success, success, how many plaudits, you know, yeah. how many record breaks, how many times that he gets dinners, memorials. If you're not loved, not loved. Yeah. So have yeah. it. So have little little Cam Smith out out there by himself. Yeah. Sees the footballers. Have a you popular. ever seen his mum or dad? Yes. He does have them. Yeah, they they, they, they yeah. were well. They could have been actors. Yeah, yeah. But they were, there yeah. they were there in evidence when he was walking out the purple tunnel at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I, look, I can't it's, positively identify it's them. True. But Even Charles were, Manson had a mum and dad, right? Yeah. Well, that's right. Everybody's got parents. <laughs> so, so yeah, we we have Cam Smith. He he goes through all he wants. A friend. He plays football. He trains hard. So he gets mates. And that ends with you know whatever his last Origin or his last Grand Final, or whatever. He's sitting there in the change room. All he wants is mates. Everyone leaves. He's got to turn the light off. <laughs> all this time, all these records, like 800 games, whatever. All he wanted was a few friends. It'll never get funded. Thank you, Fat. Thank you. That's oh. that's a magnificent view of something we and, don't and have so to do. They flogged the the Cronulla Southern Sharks, who are very low on troops at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Gordon Tallis has gone on record that Josh Dugan just should stop it. He's concerned. Well, he's he's. Like, you, know, you talk about a. 
efficient batter. Yeah. Um, uh, Dugan is literally a shark that's batted. Yeah, yeah. We, we used to, I mean, he had a glass jaw at St. George. The number of times we'd go, oh, no, not again. Every tackle he was down longer, you know, get up dusty, you know. He's damaged. The other problem for the Sharks is that apparently in their limited financial resources because the uh, amusement uh, theme park on the Toxic on the swamp, swamp is still to commercialise, <laughs> they had not enough money in the goal-kicking budget. That's right. That's and, right. And it's a similar yeah. issue at the Tigers. And, uh, look, I feel no concern whatsoever, Chris. No concern whatsoever. <laughs> and now there's talks, of course, of, uh, I think it was, was it Fittler? No, yeah, Fittler said move the Titans as the second team to, to Brisbane. Yes, I suppose the New South Wales play, you're going to say that, aren't you? Why not Ipswich, what a why not Ipswich, Ipswich yeah. Jets, Ipswich. Stephen? Uh, I would say the same as the, the Cronulla Sharks, you know, shift them west. So while it was a disappointing week- weekend for both you and me, it wasn't all bad because the Roosters went down to the no. Cowboys. Well, how glorious was that? And how good does Gosford look with the water and the it's palm trees? Magical. Sparkling. It, Sparkling. You know those Roosters mates that I have the season ticket with as part of my community service order? Uh-huh. Right. They they had a, a bit of a weekend up there, enjoyed Hardy's Bay, went to the game. Wine, oysters. Yeah, party you know, pies yeah. in the box, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Purely to be disappointed. I mean, I'm not delighting in it. No, no, much. me neither. No, no, not that much, really. Uh, Robbo slammed his team's defence and organisation after they slumped. Or, well, at least he wasn't blaming somebody else for a change. And, and th- a couple of things that emerged there, kudos to Gavin Cooper, 300 games. Again, field goals. I mean, given that the game does seem to get decided in golden points so often, these guys are struggling to get it over the sticks. Yes. But in the end, the young bloke kicks one for North Queensland and they lead it by the point. And then there's a penalty awarded basically on full time. Hmm. They took the penalty attempt, confident that he didn't stuff it up and maybe have kicked it in the roosters for a length of the field try. That yes. seemed yes. an odd decision to me. Yes, and isn't that always the way now, the fear that if you, if of course, if you miss the penalty kick or, 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 the, or the, you know, the uh, golden point thing, they've got seven tackles to get up there again. Yeah, I'm sure if he kicked it dead, that was the end of the game, so yeah. confident he wasn't going to stuff it up. But it was a huge risk, and Jarrah Warrior Hargrave's on report for leading with his head. Does it get any better? Oh, and, and Rooster's saying, I was speaking to my mate John Roby, who's, let's face it, unbalanced in these matters. He said, <laughs> what rugby league player leads with his head? And I immediately went to Nate Miles. Yes, Dylan Napper. Yes. Many do. <laughs> Many. That's the old, one of the old tricks in the books for the great big-headed buffheads. Now, we're going somewhat chronologically, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, we should go to the West before we go to Dragons, uh, so you can absolutely go bananas at the end. Now, look, uh, <laughs> there was some beautiful stuff put together by, I think, Channel 9 with Benji and his mum. Did you see that? Yes, that is, oh. that's called Benji, the long walk to 300. Oh. You can catch it on the Tigers' I website. I know it's a setup, but it's a beautiful setup. You've got uh, His Rob- mate's doing the haka. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the, the thing in the change rooms, to me, because he's looking at the jerseys and he goes, I wanted... They wanted. They didn't want me to stay, and I wanted to leave much more than and they wanted me to go when he first left the club. And he yeah. said, "You don't realise what you got to you gone." I teared up, and then his mother walks in. Oh, yeah. God. And look, I've never had a kind word to say about Danny Widler. Yes, but he he beautifully put it that he said everybody's celebrating the, the, the was it the four hundred of, of so, goat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, the three hundred is is much more loved and celebrated. Very much Benji so. Marshall, and if you go to if you go to any park in the country, every park in the country, and you get the little kitty, and you go, little kitty, who do you want to follow? <laughs> do you want to follow a goat, or do you want to follow Benji? And they all go, Benji. <laughs> like 
And first, and headgear. What yeah. has Smith ever given any kid in rugby league? Any gold? Just a complex. Anything? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, so, his, um, and his mates, Farrah, Paddy Richards, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Jason yeah. Nightingale. It's, Jason Nightingale, it's yeah. It's absolutely yeah. worth watching. No, it's great. Now, uh, Bankwest, of course, is the new stadium at uh, Parramatta and a major success. But you were there. Yes, I was. I believe that all, all of the Parramatta players had three legs. Well, they, they all grew a leg. <laughs> Can I say Fortress Bankwest? Yes. Fortress even Bank- even when they're on the road. See that? Fortress Bank West, so yeah, yeah. They used to say Fortress Win, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, a couple of things to remark. First of all, I had vegan nachos there. Hasn't rugby league changed? Hasn't changed. Yes, yes. And what's did they have? Good coffee? Uh, I didn't try. Didn't try. The coffee. Didn't try. But uh, there was Chardonnay? a. Chardonnay. Uh, I had. I had a beer. Pinot Grigio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a beer yeah. and a Kit Kat. I mean, you know, there's a lot of. I mean, the western suburbs of Sydney. There's a lot of great food and culture. You expect nothing less. It's cold though. Fairly yeah. I don't know. They put it in a basin or something out there, and the wind chill, or just the temperature just drops precipitously. Wow. Uh, there was a win against the head in the scrum feed, so that was worth going for. Oh, sorry, a win against the, the head. head. Yeah, we won a, a scrum against the feed. Ah, oh, gee, that's a rarity, isn't it? Very exciting. <laughs> but a couple of things that emerged that I enjoyed. We were down uh, at uh, ringside, if you like, and the uh, sideline reporters were all in front of us, the likes of Dean Hallettal. Put your heads down! <laughs> Emma Lawrence. Well, it's funny to say that Brent Reid. It's, it's built up higher. It's got a drop, isn't it? Like, like a gladiatorial drop. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, the fences are yes, yes but yes. The, they're sitting in little chairs on the sidelines. Yeah, but right? I say they don't they don't impact. Uh, oh, they, they don't no the impact cameras. on us. I'm no. looking down. It's on a glorious there. design, brilliant, beautiful yeah. design. I mean, I think Russell Crowe knew that from Gladiator. <laughs> had a word in their ear, boom. But a security coordinator takes a security guard's chair mm. and says that's not properly aligned and plonks it right down in front of Emma Lawrence and Brent Reed. Right, right, right in front. The poor guy sort of go look at them. Can I just say something? Reed wouldn't cop it. He moved. How good is Emma Lawrence at uh, at uh, commentating? She's fantastic. How good is she? Fantastic. I love her. She's Chris's sister. Now, I love her. There's a, there's a little quote here. It says here, um, the goose step, the silky passes, the weaving runs. This is Cameron Smith? Benji Marshall. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when you've got three legs, it's hard to beat. Uh, the first Parramatta conversion attempt, which was right in front for uh, Redfern Pat's favourite player, Mitchell Moses, actually went into the top tier of the stands. Did it? And a little kid caught the ball. Oh. Kept it. Ah! Didn't you love that? Because what, what can the no. ball kids do? They can't sort of get up there and get it off them. No, no, no. So no. there's a... Bring it down, bring it down. No, 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 no. That'll have to be factored in the NRL budget. Budget, yes, yeah. that's right, yeah. But to me, uh, yes, there was another streaker, and thankfully... Was and there? And I'm assuming as opposed to the rooster streaker who was closed, therefore yeah. a pitch invader. Yeah. The South from the South uh, West game a couple of weeks ago clothed. Yeah. This streaker, fully naked, finally. Fantastic. Male or female? Male. Male, yeah. yeah. Fat? Um, or fit? Not in great shape. No. Did you see the one at the cricket? No. Oh, no, no, no. The one in the... Yes, the I did. Was, his tackle was tackled? Yes, yes, yes. Incredible. They actually uh, rated him super coach. I think he... Uh, 28 <laughs> points. He had a uh, run for eight metres, two tackle busts. <laughs> and he pumped his fist in the air and everything. And the player was like, don't touch me, me. Don't for, touch me. Fortunately, he didn't have an offload. Um, <laughs> but probably the exciting moment immediately predated the streaker, and that was the first penalty, as I'm aware, in the history of rugby league for boot burglary. So... Now, so Maloney's never been pinged for that? No. So someone, I, and it was a tiger yeah. has got hold of the boot and flung it into the crowd. I was too far away to identify the protagonist. And you thought that was shown serious bias on behalf of the officials. It cost us the game. Cost you the game. They won boot by, burgling. They won by 12 instead of 10. And so what's the penalty for boot burgling? Just a penalty. Penalty, yeah. yeah straight up penalty, not a send-off. Yeah, yeah. And um, Jerry Sutton establishing history yet again. But uh, again, goal-kicking, horny the Tigers. Four tries each, beaten by 12. Oh. 
And I now turn to, in conclusion, Stephen. Yeah. Um, Look, we can do the last rites on the St. George Illawarra Dragons, I, I'm assuming. Before we get there, are you one of those, I don't know if all fans are like this for every team, and I'm going to ask Pat and you here, if your team starts to play poorly and lose, do you then ride them twice as hard? Are you that, or are you supportive? No, no, I, I'm... I, I, I don't know how you feel, Pat, but I continue to be supportive, uh, whereas I'm getting a sense from you mm. that you actually are writing them not because you're upset about the result. You want them to play badly so that Mary goes. No, I don't want them to play badly. Uh, and, and this comes into play that uh, every time we St. George lose, uh, you read the feeds and there's over thousands of comments and they are just absolutely appalled and disgusted. You can have five State of Origin players turn up to play a team who, in my mind, are pretty, you know, they're pretty sort of practical little football team, Canberra. They do the job pretty well, you know. But there's not a lot of stars, as far as I can see, are there? Am I missing something here? I think the English contingent are top English. shelf. Whitehead, Bateman, Hodgson, they've got George Williams coming. You it just know never those stops. Names. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't even well, I watch football, Stephen. You do watch football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to put in such an appalling performance, because there's a couple of things I would suggest in footy. You've got to catch the ball yes. and hold it. Yes. And you've got to tackle. Correct. Really simple stuff. They did none of that yesterday. And so, therefore, this sort of, oh, there's going to be a miracle win and we'll sort of scrape near the eight and all that sort of bullshit just papers over the problems. And and I can only say when you've got five State of Origin players, and we do have some quality players, and most of them have been in and out, so we've still got a team that's you know, regularly pretty good. I would rather them see them fall right down so that the problem is fixed once and for all. And I think the problem is that we do always find coaches within our own lovely club Great mates and everything, but they're just not nearly as... They're not bastards. They're not Craig Bellamy. They're not outsiders who people are scared of, you know? I would add to the list of Canberra stars, Shanzi Nickel Klockstad, not Can just because... Can you say because that name again? Because I had to stop is... and go, where's the name Chanzi Shanzi Nickel Klockstad. He's a Kiwi. Klockstad. 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 Pat, how do you... Do you get uh, tougher on South as they go down or are you uh, easier? Yeah, there's, there's a much different dynamic when you support a losing team. I think, you know, I, I think he, everyone enjoys... Winning a lot less than they hate losing. If that makes any sense, <laughs> that's that's a little bit true. I think because yeah, you, yeah. you kind of go, you sort of enjoy the win for maybe twenty four hours, and then you're immediately anxious. It's not going to happen again next week. Immediately anxious. Whereas yeah. you lose, yeah. you're angry all week. Angry all week. <laughs> Talking of the angry ant, Ricky Stewart. Yes. Uh, look, isn't it interesting? I think that as I said, I mentioned three top teams. They've got a similar tackling style. Where I, I, I don't know whether it's just a, a knee jerk reaction. I go. Can you have a look at those rucks? <laughs> Seriously, are these guys going on and on and on with this bullshit? And, it, and it, it, it's so embedded in what I would call the bog, what used to be the bog poor Irish and, and, and English used to sort of, they moved down because it was cheap down beyond Canberra, out into Cootamundra, those sort of dry, snowy, hard regions, which produces a certain type of rugby league player, Ricky Stewart and Craig Bellamy, who come from the same region, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this sort of hard, feral rugby league sort of mentality comes into play. And that's what Canberra do very well, which is why when they do well, people love it because it's old school rugby league, you know? It's an expression of their coach's personality. Exactly. And Ricky raised probably the most important field philosophical question of the age. When is a spear tackle a spear tackle? Yes, and, and he accused those of not knowing what a spear tackle is, not knowing the game of rugby league. Well, that's fair enough. Which would suggest that the game of rugby league has never changed, evolved, or you know, gone into the idea that there's new ideas coming into play. And when I would suggest if you don't want to call it a spear tackle, call it a pile drive or call it a neck breaker. Two words, Alex McKinnon, you idiot. Yeah, you know? In um, wrestling parlance, we call it a tombstone. Uh, I think... 
that people often also who got confused with the old Cumberland throw. Now, if I'm right in saying this, the Cumberland throw at least has two people involved. Yes. Now, uh, Kotrick was Nick on Kotrick, his own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in his defence, there it, it was he didn't get the hand between the legs yes. so much. and so He be, just lifted him straight up and put him straight down on his so, head. You know, look, I don't believe that <laughs> yeah. Kotrick goes out to do that, so it's um, it's physics and it's no, unfortunate. No, I don't, I don't think that the, the dude that goes through the red light and kills two no. people really intends to do that either. <laughs> no. You know, I really don't. Well, that's you know. the point, is it? It's an accident, you know. Whether it's a spear or an accident, it's six to eight weeks, isn't <laughs> it? It's, yeah. And uh, look, uh, look, <laughs> and then let me, let me get on to, to Ricky's comments later, right? Ricky goes, uh, he was just concerned about how he was shattered, he said. You know, the boy was suffering. So he goes, I, I took off straight after the game to go and see him. My heart went out to him because I know how much it's hurting him. All he's asking me is, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? The kid just wants to play footy. Nick has got no malice in him at all. If anybody saw that tackle, straight up, he was really antsy. He was into trying to bash anybody who was going at him. He had certainly plenty of intent going on right there and then. And for Ricky Stewart to go, fairy godmother style, I just wanted to reach out to the kid who was hurting. Didn't know what was going on. Oh, give me a break. There's no- he doesn't do it very well, does he? There's, there's no one like Ricky. To drag a negative out of a huge positive, which is a win, oh, and, and, and to me, it almost feels like the perfect way for us to finish this particular yeah. conversation, Stephen, because it was a triumph for Canberra Raiders. They're in the they're in second spot. They're daring to dream. Some what is it? Uh, Twenty five years on since their last mm-hmm. premiership. There's mm-hmm. so much to like about the Raiders, and Dennis isn't here to celebrate it. It's a glorious thing, too. terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I would like to drive a, a great big stake through the hearts of the uh, St George Illawarra team right at this point in time for doing what they're doing. I thought it was like, and you know, maybe they're as they say, four or five days after Origin is harder. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, I love dearly. He missed a couple of major tackles mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe it's just like, oh, he's just buggered and tired and can't uh, can't. Not enthused, not fired up at all. So a little bit like Alice Cooper who said, we are the band who drove the stake through the heart of the love generation. Yeah, the you, Beatles, Stephen yeah. Ferris, yeah. Uh, the person who wants to drive the stake through the it barely means, beating heart. It means a lot to us, doesn't it? Of the St. George Orlando Dragons. <laughs> that is why we're here. We're more fired up because rugby league means so much. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you, Pat, Redman, Pat. Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dennis. Fire, 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 fire.